Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em. And you're choking. And I'm choking. <laughs> I'm Anna. <laughs> uh, this week on Shelf Aware, we are wrapping up our prehistoric unit with uh, a book told from the point of view of a dinosaur called Raptor Red by Robert T. Bacher. I, I think believe like it's Bacher. Mm-hmm. Listen to a smidge of the audiobook enough to get the author's name. Yay. <laughs> um, so yeah, what did you, what did you think of this one? Em? Well, I didn't listen to the whole thing on audiobook because as mm-hmm. I believe you pointed out, it is abridged or something, even though it doesn't yeah. say that on the audiobook, as far as I can tell. Um, but I really liked the the production of the audiobook. If anybody mm-hmm. likes audiobooks, because they it's like sound effects, sound and stuff. effects, guys, it was so much fun. Um, yes. So that was cool. As for the book itself, <laughs> um, you know, it felt like reading a nature documentary. Oh my god, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, imagine David Attenborough <laughs> narrating this entire book, and you're just—it's like the Planet Earth documentary yes. all over again. And it's very much like that vibe also, because you know how in a lot of nature documentaries, there'll be kind of like one, especially kind of the more recent ones that are like planet Earth, the ocean one, whatever, you know, where it's like focused on the ecosystems. They'll like kind of follow one animal and then like they'll switch a little bit to another animal and then you'll see how those two animals like interact. And it's like, oh, I see now why you brought this animal in. It does a lot of that where it's like we're following this raptor. Oh, for a minute we're going to follow this pterodactyl. Oh, but it turns out actually the pterodactyl is involved with the raptor's day-to-day life. You know, so it's like a lot of like that sort of vibe of of Mm – look at how this ecosystem works sort of thing yes i i do want to say i thought it was funny you said more recent ones like planet earth because that did come out a full 15 years ago but does listen, feel very recent to me still listen, as also. i mean i mean as compared to like the nature documentaries of my childhood you know yeah like this isn't something you would watch when you had a sub in your biology yes, class yes, this, yes, is, yes, this yes. is like a high value production they got oprah to do the american version okay <laughs> I just meant in general, conservation efforts tend to be more focused on um, no, ecological. No, they got Weaver. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oprah did life, didn't she? I don't know. Oprah did one of them, and Sigourney Weaver did the other one. This was important. I had to interrupt for that. Conservation efforts more recently have flipped to looking at ecosystems versus individual animals was the point I was trying to make, but yeah, here we are. Yeah, and I like that. It puts things into context for you. Yeah. I I liked this book. I have to say, I liked it. I thought it really, like you said, it was like the novelization of a documentary, which is a weird, weird vibe. Weird vibe. Yeah. But it like it gave me kind of the nostalgia of reading a zoo books, you know? Yeah. It gave me nostalgia for zoo camp, which was the thing I used to do as a kid. Like every summer, we uh-huh. would go to the zoo and be taught about animals for a week Uh, did you get to stay overnight or is it one of those day camp there were a couple like when you got older you could do overnight ones and then you got to go behind the scenes and like feed the manatees and stuff it was dope that sounds cool yeah i want to do that at the atlanta zoo you can like pay for an experience to Mm -hmm. feed the pandas but it's like two hundred dollars yeah they've got they've got a lot of those at the cincinnati zoo now where you can like pay to like talk to penguins or whatever the fuck 
Mm-hmm. Never, I've never tried one, but you know, maybe if this podcast ever gets popular, that can be like a stretch goal on our non-existent Patreon. <laughs> you guys want to contribute to our non-existent coffee so we can go pet animals at the zoo? <laughs> if I had a fursona, it would be a panda. I just need to go and play with them. If I had a fursona, it would be a giraffe. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it would. I mean, I don't like that that's what it is, but it is. It, yeah. <laughs> you would be the, a beautiful giraffe. Just a clumsy disaster. I once had a guy, did I tell you this story about at work, the guy who told me that I have hands like a beautiful giraffe? <laughs> this sounds vaguely familiar, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, you have was, a lot of wild stories about what people at work tell you. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much the whole story, which it was just like. I love it. It what had does, a beginning, middle, and end. What does that mean, though? Like, does he mean that my hands are like long like a giraffe is tall or does he They're think giraffes spotted have, like a giraffe's hide or does he think giraffes have hands i don't know <laughs> your hands look like hooves i think is what he's getting at <laughs> wild he simply does not know what a giraffe is or confused him with a different animal and didn't realize it I possibly don't know. Maybe he time-traveled from the past where they didn't have pictures of what animals look like. And he just assumed that giraffes are similar to human hands and or mm-hmm. have human hands. Yeah. Giraffes. They're just like us. <laughs> Why one of them is my persona. <laughs> We've come full circle. So this no. book. <laughs> if you had a whole... If you had a full fursuit of Uh a giraffe would you give it hands though or would you simply just have hooves on your hands and feet I feel like most fursuits that I've seen are like wolves and raccoons and Mm -hmm. stuff which have that that you could give them hands yeah and it not be abnormal but the only pull I'm getting from my mental catalog of fursuits is that one episode of Bob's Burgers where they go to a uh it's like a a XB for a My Little Pony convention Mm -hmm. and it's all the guys in like pony fursuits and I believe they have hooves so based on that one very tangential piece of evidence. Yes, it's probably very indicative of the culture. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think of like I've def- I definitely watched Jenny Nicholson's documentary on the My Little Pony, the BronyCon. So I'm trying to think if there were any fursuits in Would that. Would you get a fursuit that's like the Halloween costume that makes it look like you're riding the horse? But no, that's you just- no, that is not a fursuit. That's not a fursuit. <laughs> But it would be funny. How am I supposed to obtain sexual pleasure from that? <laughs> I know, furries, it's not all a sexual thing. It was a joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Incredible. <laughs> but if I was a, my fursona was a dinosaur, it would not be a fursona. It would be a scale-sona? Is that right? Scale, I know they're called scaly. Scaly. Scaliona. Scalona? That sounds like a disease. Scalona? That sounds like a pasta dish. If you have been diagnosed with scaliona in the past five years, <laughs> you may be eligible for a class action lawsuit. <laughs> I keep trying. I keep trying to steer us back on track. <laughs> POV, it's 3 a.m. You fell asleep with the TV on and it's infomercials. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we read a book about 
dinosaurs in which the main character was a dinosaur. What did you think? Okay, here's my question about the author. Because there, there, there's no way you could have done it otherwise. But how did you feel about the author giving this dinosaur so much like personality and thought and motivation? I don't know. It was very like personified, right? Um, I mean, to some extent, I guess. I didn't think it was, like, unrealistic. I thought, mm-hmm. I was, I was like, yeah, this seems like it's, it, he, he backs up enough of his kind of claims about why the dinosaur is acting this way with evolutionary reasons. Right. You yes. know? Dinosaur smelled friend. Dinosaur remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a, like a telltale game. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking dead game. So it didn't. It didn't bother me. Did you? Was it bother bother bothering some to you? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't so much bother bothering some to me as it was like if we're going to like give the dinosaur an internal monologue, mm-hmm. why don't we say fuck it and just go full on like conscious human personality type? You know, like just make it a dinosaur that can think and talk like humans. I felt very like um what was the book we read ages ago Dog's Purpose right uh-huh of yes, like yes. that sort of vibe of like this is how the dog would think and I don't want to make it too human cuz then mm-hmm. it's like it's not a dog right mm-hmm. um cuz I think like you said it would be hard to write a book in which the characters have like no emotional depth yeah Cause that would just be nonfiction. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sort kind of. of. Cause it's like, you're still making it up. You're still making like... shit up about dinosaurs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm too influenced by, um, land before time. Mm. We're back. The good dinosaur movie mm-hmm. of, of the universe. Like, now by, by the good dinosaur movie, do you mean, the, the, the good movie dinosaur. called The Good Dinosaur, the or are you saying yeah. that one dinosaur movie that's good? Cause well, that one dinosaur movie that's good is Jurassic Park, and those dinosaurs do not have <laughs> internal... <laughs> uh, we don't get their interior thoughts, but the movie The Good Dinosaur. Mm. Well, I don't think It's not he... a good movie is the other part of that. <laughs> I... <laughs> nor is... Nor is uh... Disney's other dinosaur movie, Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Good. Although I loved it as a kid. Um, And that's still one of my favorite rides. Uh, (laughs) I just, I guess I felt like he did a good job of hedging and being like, oh, if we were to put this in terms of like that a human could understand, then Mm -hmm. Raptor Red would be thinking this. But, you know, like she's a raptor. So it's not quite that. Like I felt like there is enough like, of that sort of hedging to be like, okay, yeah, I get it. You're, you're approximating here. Yeah. I, this is definitely written by someone who uh, what knows more about the, their chosen topic than perhaps the author of the clan of the cave bear did, um, or enough about it to make educated guesses about what the behavior of these creatures would be like, but also is like someone who is definitely very used to like, Maybe academic or nonfiction yes, writing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Which I, I don't think we've said yet, but uh, Backer is a paleontologist who, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. what is a you know well known in that field. Um, according to the preface of this book and the author, 
info, he was an unofficial consultant on Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. um, which the fact that it was unofficial, I'm like, how did that happen? Why didn't you get credit? Seems weird, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't want it. He was he was shy. Yeah. So then he wrote uh, a book bragging about it. And then he bragged about it incessantly <laughs> for the next, you know, 40 years or whatever. Um, but yeah, he definitely, and you know, to Owl's credit, Clan of the Cave Bears, and I mean, like, Clan of the Cave Bears is still, she she puts effort in to, like, be like, this is based on the facts that I know now and are available to me. Mm-hmm, and, you mm-hmm. know, it was written significantly before this book, and Backer probably had more facts available to him. Um, because of how t- time marches on. and <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to diss Owl too much. Uh, but yeah, I definitely did feel like the vibe of like, okay, this is, this is a, aligning a little bit closer to the knowledge that I, as a child born in the nineties had and an adult now have about dinosaurs, right. Rather mm-hmm. than. Uh, Clan of the Cave Bears, where I was like, well, this isn't, this doesn't seem accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm glad we did get to witness the invention of the patriarchy, though, in the Clan of the Cave Bear. I mean, yeah, that was really, that was really important. And I'm glad we understand now that that's where that comes from. Uh From, from the, (laughs) from the Neanderthals. From Neanderthals and also from understanding how semen works. Um, oh my God. you know, that was a whole, anyway, that's um, <laughs> more past that. Now we don't need to keep returning to Clan of the Cave Bear. I just can't help it. I, I will say one of the things that bothered me about this book mm-hmm. in a similar way, actually to Clan of the Cave Bear, sorry, but how much <laughs> of it was about like, and I get it. Cause it's about like dinosaurs, but like reproduction right and not that this was like Mm -hmm. a whole book of dinosaur fucking or anything but like no we don't get a single no we get one 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 brief mention of sex on the page in this dinosaur romance book by the way (laughs) (laughs) but like it was so weird to me that this book got a like babies ever after ending like all of the characters had children at the end i'm like okay i don't know if i needed that like there were so many babies. So many babies. And I get, like, that's the point, and it's, like, evolution and the circle of life and whatever. But, like, okay. Also, I feel like this is a weird book compared to the other ones we've read because there are no mm-hmm. humans in it. And, like, every other yeah. history book that we've read, it's, like, saying stuff about the nature of man and what is immutable, whether or not, you know, you agree with what the author has to say about the nature of man. Like, they are making statements about how what makes a man man even through the ages you know mm-hmm. and like we don't have that in this book because there are no humans because it's dinosaur right, right. times so i'm ki- i kind of am at the end like okay what's the point <laughs> <laughs> this is just like uh, almost a flex like look how much i know about yes. dinosaurs <laughs> like, it was entertaining to me <laughs> It's just like if you really just like dinosaurs and want to read some some stories about dinosaurs, this is the book for you. Yeah, which I guess this is rec- who would we recommend this book to? I think that's totally valid. I feel like a lot of kids, teenagers go through a big dinosaur mm-hmm. phase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of very true to nature behavior in this and that there's a lot of 
death and violence and that type that type of gore that's not i don't know is it really in nature 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 gore i guess um so maybe not for our youngest not our youngest but not for the youngest readers but um this book is almost completely inoffensive besides that so like it's got a very wide audience (laughs) it's just you know you want to if you had that stage where you read the like that was all you read was those big picture books about dinosaurs and you could go up to you know your babysitter and be like oh have you heard of and then this is just pulling from the kids I babysat as a Mm -hmm. teenager who would just tell me dinosaur facts all day and I'd be like yeah okay Um, (laughs) sure great love it then you would pull out raptor red and then be like wait have i got a tale for you guys yeah (laughs) yeah if that was you as a kid you might want to you know reignite those passions i was always a mythology child myself so you know Mm -hmm. i wasn't a dinosaur girl i'm trying to think of what i guess i was always just like magic fantasy stuff talking animals Mm. I had a big, I, this is less of a book reading thing, but just a kid phases thing. I had a big astrology phase in like mm. uh, junior high. Actual astrology, like horoscopes or yeah. astronomy? Uh, astrology. Okay. I, we, <laughs> we have a record on this podcast of not knowing which is which. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> we are very big brained adults. <laughs> I uh, I made a lot of sand art. Sand art, nice. Did you have one of those? Um, now I'm just thinking of of craft kits as a kid. One of those rock <laughs> polisher kits. Oh no! Is that the one that tumbles though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I want one so bad because I've been I found this girl on TikTok that. <laughs> if I watch your rock tumbling videos, it's very fascinating to me. Shut up. Anyway, I really want one now. <laughs> now I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Okay. I'm susceptible to peer pressure. <laughs> Anyway, I guess that's kind of who we would recommend this book yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just a very like if you if you want to like kind of dip your toes into nonfiction books. I don't do mm. a lot of nonfiction reading myself because I can't pay attention to anything that has a narrative usually. So that like, doesn't have I, a narrative, huh? That doesn't. Like, yeah, have like a you know, like a like a like a fictional storyline like I need characters to root for. right I can't just like have it be like here are the events of this thing right, 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 right. yeah 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 I need like I, I, I might know. have misheard you I thought you said you can't pay attention to anything that has a narrative so I was like oh that what? doesn't have yeah, a yeah, narrative. Yeah. yes <laughs> I might have just misheard you though <laughs> <laughs> but also my mind sometimes is also like no narrative only only YouTube today only TikTok mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Only rock tumble video for you, strange girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you if you kind of want to start dipping your toes into nonfiction, I feel like this is a good transition book for you because it has it's just, it's a lot of dinosaur facts, very light on plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. So let's talk about the plot of our dinosaur no, book. Let's not. Uh, Okay. Let's talk what about... What should we talk about instead? About what we're recommending this week. God damn it. Every time. <laughs> well, I didn't read anything. Here's my thing. Here's okay. my thing straight up. Didn't read anything new. Uh, <laughs> I watched a K-drama, Her Private Life, mm-hmm. on Netflix. 
I really liked it. Here's my here are my TV watching habits. Yeah. I don't like to watch TV unless it's like very specific, like a K drama or an anime that really catches my interest, and then I will binge it into mm-hmm. like and finish it in one or two days. And that's how I consume television. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I watched this K drama, her private life. I enjoyed it. It was like fake dating. There was a little bit of grumpy sunshine. There was a little bit of um k-pop stuff going on it was a good mix of things for me and my personal tastes what did you read that we could talk about on our books podcast um okay so i read this week a book that um i really really liked it was a five-star read for me (gasps) i know goals you're very stingy with your five i know i am but it was like Everything. I'm immediately going to your Goodreads to like spoil it for myself, and you're about to say what this book title is. <laughs> it's called The Space Between Worlds. Ha! Got there <gasps> Damn it! You. Uh, <laughs> it's called The Space Between Worlds by Mikaya Johnson. It has like everything that I look for in a book, which is like a lot of emotional stuff, um, a lot of queer bullshit. Uh, this book a lot of like I actually thought you might have recommended it on this podcast before and I wasn't sure but I don't think you have but I don't think I have but I do own this book it's really good (laughs) I have not read it the premise is it's this uh, world in which uh, the multiverse exists and this guy has discovered a way to like access a lot of other parallel worlds right Mm -hmm. um and you can only go to one of those parallel worlds. Well, you can you can travel to those parallel worlds, but if you go there and you exist on that world, you traveling there will die. So the only people that can like really travel a lot between the worlds are people who have had like shit lives, so they've died on all the other worlds, right? Oh damn. So like it's about or like most of the other worlds, right? So it's yeah. about such a girl, a uh, young woman who has died on all but like eight of the worlds so she can go to like most of them so she works for the company that like discovered this and is using this discovery in order to import resources from these other worlds Mm -hmm. so i don't want to like give too much away because there's a lot of like twists and stuff that's part of the fun yes uh but it's like I thought the plot was great I've read some reviews that were like it brought up too much stuff and it didn't really like resolve enough of it and I was like eh, I don't I felt like because it was more emotionally driven I didn't care that certain like plot elements weren't as fleshed out as they could be but like mm-hmm. I thought it was a good like fast-paced plot that kept my interest and it was very character driven at the same time so it was like oh, a plus nice. really liked it and uh, as you might expect from the sort of stuff that I read, it was a lot of down with capitalism, down with down love with imperialism, it. all that sort of love shit. Love it, so, love it, love it. Good times. Check it out if that sounds good to you. Yes. I will try to remember I own it and read it. That sounds yeah. good. It's always <laughs> <laughs> I do that thing where I get the, I get the book bub emails and uh-huh. every day they send me like, here are some books we think you might like that are very cheap right now in the, yeah. on the Kindle store. And I'm like go on click 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 click. bye 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 (laughs) oops i bought all of them you were right book bub (laughs) i do that i i'm pretty good about reading stuff that i put on my like kindle or like Mm. ebooks in general 
but like I am terrible about buying physical copies of books and not reading them. Same. I have probably, oh, I don't want to say officially on the podcast. I have way more books than, than a person should own that hasn't read them. Mm-hmm. Question mark. Sentence? Yes. Sure. Good talking, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Many books, no read. <laughs> but let's go ahead and talk about a book that we have read. Yes, I did read this one. This is the one book I read. It's called Raptor Red by Robert T. Becker. You know all that already. Mm-hmm, it is. Mm-hmm. It basically, it follows the a year in the life of a Utah raptor, which in the preface, I read like a little bit of this. You, you guys know I hate a preface. Um, mm-hmm. And this one more so because this, this wasn't a preface. It was like a foreword. <laughs> it was misnomered. I actually liked the preface in this one mm-hmm. because it was um, basically the most plot in the book. Yes. I feel like it was it was just him talking about a thing that happened in his real life. Yeah, yeah. He was like, look, so I was consulting for... He's like, look, Steve, you know, my friend Steve, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg he was know. looking for... He was looking for a dinosaur that he could use that was a big raptor and it didn't exist. We were real distraught about that. But But then my other friend who invented the Utah raptor. um... (laughs) (laughs) It was too late to make the movie, though. (laughs) There was actually the moment of no, because I think that they do say like because they are in the process of making Jurassic Park and they're like trying to figure out, oh, the art department who's he's actually consulting with. He's not really consulting with Spielberg. Um. They're like, we want a real raptor to be this big raptor that Spielberg wants. And he's like, it does. They're like, he's like, well, it could exist, you know, like evolutionary. It might have been like a a certain generation was a bit bigger, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And they're like, no, we need proof of one. And then his other friend who's like a other paleontologist is like, hey, what's up, man? I just discovered this giant ass raptor in Utah. And he's like, you should call it the Utah. (laughs) Let me get on the phone with Steve. (laughs) Right. But then also he's like, you should call it the Utah raptor. And it's like. Okay, so are you, it's, it felt a lot of like bragging about like, I was the one who named it. And also I was the one who got it in Jurassic Park. (laughs) Which like, okay, if I were able to name a whole ass dinosaur species, I too would bring that up anytime I could. But I felt, I felt like, and I haven't fact checked this, so apologies if I'm wrong on this, but it felt a lot like the the Spielberg thing of like the fact that he was like oh he's an uncredited consultant on Jurassic Park and then he's like oh yeah I mentioned the idea of calling it a Utah Raptor in this like offhanded conversation so I'm wondering if like someone else has actually claimed like naming it the Utah Raptor so he's like Oh, well, you know, there's no proof of it, but I named it the Utah Raptor. I mean, but it I might was not be. Me. I just like threw it out there. We were all drunk. I so. might not be credited, but I'm the one who came up with the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. You know, like, I'm like, I feel yeah. like I need you to cite your sources on this, my dude. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but they call them velociraptors in the movie. So, like. Well, he brings that up, too. He says yeah. that, like, they're, the whole thing is raptors, and most people call a lot of them velociraptors. And small groups of people correctly call, call them, them Utah raptors. Yeah, whatever. So it's like, okay, cool. Got it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so we follow one particular female adult Utah raptor throughout this book. Her name is Raptor Red because she, she, that's her name for herself. She's a, she knows she's a raptor and she knows she's got red on her. So she's Raptor Red. Um, she confusing comes, because all of the other raptors also have red on them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, are okay. they all Raptor Red? Um, uh, I guess I feel like it was very 
it's hard to describe this book because it's it's um, nobody has character names except for Raptor Red, and then like everything else is either just its species or its relation to Raptor Red, right? Yes, yeah. So it's like Raptor Red's sister, Raptor Red's first mate, male consort, Raptor Red's male consort, Raptor Red's niece, Mo- Raptor Red's niece, Raptor Red's niece, older um, chick, <laughs> younger chick. Um, but it works because there's like so few characters in this, this book. This is true. Also, like, yeah, I can follow this. <laughs> Um, Raptor Red and her, her mate have come south from like Russia, Northern Asia situation. And they've traveled down south to Utah where, cause like all the, con- it's Pangea, all the continents mm-hmm. are connected. So they're hanging out down in Utah. Um, and she and her mate are hunting. And during this particular hunt, the her mate dies by getting sucked down into some mud and she's very distraught about this um she goes around she's walking around and she is reunited with her sister um who she hadn't seen since they had left the nest i suppose and her sister is there alone with her two kids we never really get any information i don't think about what happens to her mate because yeah Obviously, Raptor Red would not know that, and that is not that is too complex of an idea for them to communicate to each other. Um, but Raptor Red knows like these these chicks smell like half of me, like half of my family. So look, this Raptor understands. Uh, <laughs> she understands genetics better than uh, any of the Neanderthals did. This is true. This is true. Well, I mean, to a point because. She, we're only following maternal lines still, right? She's not like, mm-hmm. it is half of me. Well, she's actually like quarter of me because she's yeah, like sister she is half. like half of half mm-hmm. of me, I think is what she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because quarter is too complicated. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. half is not. <laughs> half is not. <laughs> but she doesn't, um, we never get the, the male perspective of, uh, no, I, I, I'm bullshitting. She she understands the genetics better than yes. the Neanderthals. <laughs> She understands it takes a man and a woman to fornicate in order to produce offspring. Yes. <laughs> um, they did not pass that on to the upright walking mammals when no. all that went down. But I think those time. those were from the little mice dudes. That we didn't get dino DNA. We because there's that dino um, DNA. Dino DNA. <laughs> there's that chapter, <laughs> the chapter that's about the little mammal that lives underground, and then it like ends with like, and that mammal eventually became. Every other mammal, like, list a bunch of animal of mammals, yes. including humans. So that's why it took us so long as Neanderthals and then Homo sapiens to, like, figure it out. Um, because the dinos were a totally separate evolutionary line at this point. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Much simpler. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Much simpler genetic impulses. They mm-hmm. don't ha- They don't have sex for fun in the raptor yeah. clan. They also don't have uh, the magical evolutionary memory <laughs> <laughs> their brains are not the biggest dinosaur yeah, yeah, yeah. brains that i've well, ever well they are they are though oh my god the, they are that is true they are the smartest dinosaurs they are the smartest dinosaurs oh, no. it's just like the end of the game first it's just their front brain is bigger than their back brain and that's why they can look forward yeah something <laughs> think forward and that's... not think backwards all the time um but no, they, they actually do make a comment in here i know we're like bullshitting but they do make a comment about how like all of raptor red's 
decisions and thought process are based off of the things that have happened to her ancestors in the past, but because not because of a collective memory, but because she has fucking watched her parents and her yeah. parents watched their parents and yada, 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 yada. Yes. So there is a reason there. And That's they, not magical. And they do also uh, make the point that Veloc- or Utah raptors and other raptors had larger brains compared to some of the other animals at this time. Yes. And so we're perhaps. And we're also bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So These that's are like pretty 600 neat. 600 pound raptors. Big old boys well, and the girls. Women are. I don't know about the the boy raptors what how, how big they were, but I think they're smaller. They're smaller. Mhm. But probably not too much smaller because they're equally useful in hunting, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Who's to say? Who's they did to not say? measure themselves. I'm not a prehistorian. <laughs> they didn't tell us how many inches, feet, centimeters. Mhm. Just tons. It is interesting, right? Because I think that that's what's always used in this is like measurements of weight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is like a move, right? Because it's like, okay, but the dinosaur also does not have knowledge of how our system of weights work. So this is because obviously that's a thing, right? They like were there using is the imperial system. They were all pounds. Yeah, and tons. There is a narrator interpolating this, right? There is a narrator yes. that is David not Attenborough. a dinosaur. Yes. Right. D- David Attenborough is explaining this to us as the book goes on. <laughs> so he understands tons, but I guess like doesn't understand feet because like we never get like descriptions in feet, I don't think. Yeah. And there's and like a lot of that, is, right? Yeah. Where it's like sometimes stuff is like explained through the dinosaur's perspective of like, what is this hard water? And it's like, yeah. okay, that's, but you, the narrator, um, know what ice is. So I yeah. don't understand what we're doing right now. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like it, I didn't feel like it had very consistent usage of like yeah when it was like being too clever for its own yes i'm like okay the book was like oh hard water lol what could it be what could it be (laughs) what are these white bugs falling from the sky so weird i know you know what 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 ice is because you just described a dinosaur as weighing four tons so like So what are we doing? Oh my god. Good question. <laughs> uh, Raptor Red feels a familial bond and compulsion to stay with her sister and her sister's chicks. They pal around for a while. And then this cute little boy raptor comes up and he's like, Oh, Raptor Red, you're beautiful. I want to dance for you so we can become mates. And he does the dance. And Raptor Red says, this is the most beautiful rendition of our mating dance I have ever seen. Let's fuck. But then Sister Raptor comes over and she's like, ah, I hate this guy. Tell him to fuck off. I don't want him around me. I don't want him around my chicks. He's bad news bears. So female, or I mean, Raptor Red is like, all right. And she like leaves him behind. And he's like forlornly looking at her like, come back, my love. So sad. Mm Mm-hmm. I read a review on Goodreads that was like, this is the this is the dinosaur version of Pride and Prejudice. And I was like, is it? Is it? Is it? No. Is it? Okay, let me try to do the one-to-one here. So I was like really expecting a different kind of romance to come out of this than we were given. I'm trying to think like, okay, so uh, uh, would the claim be that... Is Raptor Red the Darcy? Yeah, that's or what I'm Or is thinking. her sister the Darcy? <laughs> but in either case, like if she's the Darcy... Lizzie doesn't like try to get with Darcy at the That's start. That's true. Right? Yeah. So that doesn't make sense. So I think she's she's and Bingley if, and and what's her name? Jane. Jane. But 
And the sister is Elizabeth. It's like no, men it would, are trash. It, it would be more like because Elizabeth's always pro Bingley Jane, so it would be more like mm. Raptor Red is Bingley, Raptor Red's sister is Bingley's sister, and the boy <laughs> dinosaur is Jane. I think would be, but that's also a secondary also, character, not the also main yeah. characters in Pride and Prejudice. Weird comparison. I think they were just like, here's a well-known romance that I'm not afraid to admit I've read. Ah, yes. You know how people are like, oh, romance, I don't read it. When what is obvious is that this is the Twilight, but for dinosaurs, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) How old are you? Seven. How long have you been seven? About a year. (laughs) I know what you are. I want to hear you say it. (laughs) Utah Raptor. And so the male raptor fell in love with the raptor red. The fact that I know I read I read fucking Midnight Sun and I know that much that it's it's stuck with me now and I'll oh, never be it. able to undo that part of my brain that understands Blessed. all Twilight jokes now. I don't know if I like that or not. It's like a it's like a club I'm in now, forced yep. against my will. <laughs> Uh, no, at least there was no tear eating in this. <laughs> I don't know if the raptors could cry. There was eating of nieces, though, so that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what happens next? They, they pal around for a, a while longer, um, and there's a flood. That's what happens. There's mm. a big old flood that comes, and um, the raptors are kind of able to keep up with the current and swim and then they can also like hide up in trees a lot of dinosaurs can't manage that because they are either like too heavy or not smart enough or whatever or too so, wibbly wobbly like the iguanodons who just get knocked over like those yes. other ones that are like i know they're not ankylosauruses but i kept like picturing them as ankylosauruses but that sort of vibe of just like very wackety wax yeah, yeah like like broad like they're just floating down the current like nice and stable <laughs> weevils wobble but they don't fall down they man. don't fall down <laughs> uh there's a there's a flood they they eat well for a while because of all the dead animals that that happen because of the flooding so um, silver linings man yeah always always they <laughs> this um is, this is very christmas shoes <laughs> And I think is it at this point when they're they're up in the tree they they come across the young male raptor again. I believe so, yeah. They're and he like starts dancing in the tree, the little mating dance. And this time, Raptor Red's like, "All right, we're doing this." <laughs> so he kind of joins their little raptor pack. Uh, we find out eventually that the reason that Sister Raptor doesn't want young male raptor around is because young male raptor is gonna. F- feel the biological imperative to kill the young that are not his. So I think that's that's where this hostility comes from. Yeah, I and think it's also that she's just a bitch. Also, yeah, <laughs> Raptor Red's sister is, is, like, so aggressive about everything. They, like, the narration even, like, brings it up a couple times that, like, there's something off about her right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i'm like what is she never cuddled when we were little she's never shown me affection mm-hmm. never groomed me blah 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 blah. this is why she was single and raptor red found her she couldn't keep her man around 
a frigid bitch. Uh, yes. Well, you know what? She got her comeuppance because in the end she dies. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> They all they all hang out. There's there's so many chapters here. Uh, like we've already mentioned, there's so many in between chapters that are just like, while the raptors were sleeping, this is what another dinosaur was doing, and it saved them from being killed by these assassin bugs or something. And they they didn't even know. So like the nature is happening around them. There is more stuff that's going on, but like, this is just the basic. This is what's happening to Raptor Rad. Um. So after the flood, there's like a drought, maybe. Sure. And yeah. they they can't find any food. A big white dactyl comes and he like hangs out with them and he helps them find food and stuff. So this there's this big giant pterodactyl situation, and he is 60 years old, which is incredibly old for a dinosaur of his of his type. And he has decided I'm too old. I don't want to. I don't want to have a mate anymore. I'm just gonna fuck around and see what I can find. So he just he's basically just this giant flying troll for most of the book. <laughs> but he's a giant flying troll who has a connection to Raptor Red's family because he loves Raptor Red's. Yeah, family. he when they were little, he used to he figured out that like he could be friends with them and like lead them to food and they would mm-hmm. help him either by like killing and taking down food and then he could scavenge the remains mm-hmm. or by like breaking into dinosaur hide that was too tough like if it was already dead yes. that it could they could soften up the dinosaur a bit so then he could get the remains so uh, he has like a, a uh, not copacetic. What sort I'm looking for? Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. You know, it's like codependent. No, it's not codependent. It's like um a biological term. It's like uh oh um um not parasitic uh but kind of yeah yeah it's like that um anyway. copacetic copacetic they have a copacetic <laughs> relationship they have a copacetic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so White Dactyl's hanging out, and he kind of flies around them, and he's in and out of the book. Um, but one day, he comes across the clan, and he's like, oh, I sense some hostilities. Um, so, essentially, what happens is Sister Raptor finds young male consort Raptor with one of her chicks in his mouth, because he got like this chick was annoying him and he kind of lashed out. And before he knew it, she was just like, he was, he was munching on her. She's not dead. She's still alive. But, um, and the, the, the the book, we know enough of young male raptors, um, interior thoughts to know that he, he wants to resist this biological imperative because he loves Raptor Red so much. She's the most beautiful Raptor he's ever seen. And so he wants to resist that because he knows it will make Raptor Red sad if he kills Raptor Red's nieces. And also the, the biological imperative, they are moving away from evolutionarily because the female Raptors are now larger. So in the past it was like male raptors can kill off all of the children of another like male raptor because like fuck that dude and i want my kids to get all the resources but now the women are bigger so it's like fuck around and find out if you're a male raptor um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so there's kind of that going on too so again this is like it's not 
too personified, I don't think. It's not just like, through the power of love, this <laughs> raptor. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it's framed in the book. But yes, there are, there are scientific reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they end up, they, 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 sister raptor essentially forces young male raptor to leave their little pack. And he goes off. They, they like smell some other female Utah raptors off in the distance and he trots over that way and he never comes back and raptor red is extremely sad about this also one of the chicks dies and is it in this scene or is it before that I'm trying to think because that because there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens like some other acrosaurs or whatever they're like the the t-rexes but not t-rexes um I think are there waiting to ambush them I think that it's before he leaves because he's involved in that scene. I'm trying to remember because mm-hmm. and it ugh, I can't I can't remember. Raptor Red leads the acro to the water because right, she knows the to get, giant crocodiles because there's there's always a bigger fish. There's always um, yes, but I can't I remember. One of the chicks dies. One of the and chicks. I think that contributes to him having to leave. Yeah, because it's like it's all your fault. Yeah. I can't remember though, and I'm certainly not going to look it up. Yeah, no, me either. <laughs> but part of the part of the fault also lies with Sister Raptor because she was too enraged with. Oh, that's young what it is. They were raptor. like they were like fighting beforehand. Yeah, and Raptor this. Red's like, "Hey, this chick's gonna die. Hey, this chick's gonna die," and no one was listening to her, and then the chick died. I think is what happened. Yeah. No, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. The one oh. chick that died, that the one chick that died was just di- died from. Um, like a, a internal disease like it wasn't related oh, to anybody that, you're right that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. was she just woke up dead or something yeah. woke up dead they woke <laughs> up and it was dead so everybody was crying about it and then yes. that like helped to contribute to the breakdown yes there was and, a lot yeah. of tension in this family yes, yes, unit yes. male raptor leaves raptor red's very sad they march north because that's where food and water and other things are though it's and hard where, water and where acros are not and where acros are not. Yes, there is a huge, like, influx of acros in Utah at this time period. Don't know why. I didn't read that closely. <laughs> they, just, they just all migrated. That's where they're hanging out. The raptors go north. They go back to Asia. And um, they spend the winter there. But then one day, they're out hunting. And Sister Raptor gets a little too cocky. They come across a brontosaurus that has, like, a whip tail. And it whips sister raptor with its tail beats the shit out of her and kills her and also beats up raptor red who was there like trying to help out her sister um raptor red like one of her knees becomes dislocated so she can't move very effectively and then she's like super sad because her sister is dead so she's kind of just like, like a sad like little bit of this where her sister is dying and so oh she my has God, to go yes and she for keeps her sister. food yes she Sad. really wears herself out. And and but at this point, one of the chicks is old enough and capable enough to help. But there's another one that's kind of useless and just annoys everybody the whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Raptor Red becomes very depressed. She stays by her sister's body until her sister dies. And then she kind of gives up after her sister dies and just lays in the snow and, like, is essentially going to freeze to death. A bunch of like the smaller yellow raptors are surrounding her and they're about to attack because they know one of these Utah raptors is dead. The other one is nearly dead. They're going to attack and kill. But right before they do, guess who comes to save the day? It's young male raptor. Yay. He comes with, with older chick. And, <laughs> and also, they... I, I think that the white pterodactyl led them there. Yes. Yes. 
white so, dactyl great yeah all of our he friends a real hero. avengers moment yes it, <laughs> <laughs> yep yep <laughs> they fight away the yellow raptors and then they and then they nurse red raptor red back to health and she's like oh these children are mine now so that's like is my motivation uh but then come spring she and young male consort young male raptor decide to fuck and they have babies and then the and then the next scene we get is like the white dactyl comes back a year later and he's like oh my raptor clan there's so many now because the, uh, the older chick niece, has a mate yeah. and she's got a brood raptor red has a brood and guess what old white so- dactyl also has a brood <laughs> yes he's gonna mate again he was like that one year off was enough <laughs> I want to get laid. I'm DTF again, ladies. (laughs) Who wants to get some of this 60-year-old pterodactyl junk? (laughs) Someone took him up on that. Uh, Yeah, and that was pretty much his book. It's great. There was a little bit at the end that did, like, make me get, you know, a little bit, like, emotional about, like, kind of the, the evolutionary, like, lines and how... long down the line you know uh raptor red's first mate would be uncovered by a paleontologist in utah and kind of like wrapped it back to the the preface and Mm -hmm. his whole story about that and i'm like oh circle of life everything's connected but also i still really don't get what the point of this book was yeah yeah and and then we also get an epilogue that's more just like here's another here's some more facts about dinosaurs yeah i skipped that i was like i'm not reading that i read the like last couple paragraphs because it was again like wrapping it up and being like and everything is connected and wonderful and i love dinosaurs so so much when i imagine raptor red she's looking at me yes 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 It was very much the thing that I assume most people experience when I talk about a thing I like, where it's like, I get that you really like this thing. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm just making sounds to let you know I'm listening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me again about that weird click and click and point adventure game series that you played all six of in in four hours. And it's deep lore. Like. (laughs) fascinated Uh, (laughs) you mean pajama sam no not pajama sam (laughs) although also pajama sam rock (laughs) what was that one that you guys played putt putt goes to the moon well no it's the it's the edutainment game oh uh uh the 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 myth no not the myths myth finders clue finders clue finders yeah that's the one baller Y'all looking for some good edutainment? Go go download. Go play some Clue, clue Finders. Finders. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. All right. Well, that was it for this prehistoric unit. Almost. Yeah. So, do you think you'd ever return to a book like this? No. No. <laughs> How about you? I might. I might. I. It certainly won't be. Uh. About strictly cave people i think this mm. i think this unit is better or this genre is better when dinosaurs are included mm. that's because dinosaurs are awesome people are not awesome <laughs> fair fair maybe maybe if it was people but then like also saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths and stuff okay okay so like ice age the movie. yeah yeah <laughs> but where sid the sloth is just a person 
So like Ice Age, but with a human Ray Romano. With with just everybody loves Raymond. So <laughs> the Flintstones. For Debra. So the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Flintstones could be a book for written for adults, maybe with a sprinkling of light magic system. Okay, all right. Well, you know, I'll keep my eye out for that. Yeah, we'll see. Um. But the cool thing about this unit is we don't have to give it up yet. Yeah, there might be a secret little bit uh, bonus coming up in a a bit. But first, before we get to that. Bonus for you, not for us. (laughs) I mean, it might be. We don't know. Maybe for us. Um, Before we get to that, that's a spoiler for next month, I believe. Uh, Next week, we're going to be reading um, Animorphs number 47, The Resistance. And then the week after that, we're actually going to be starting my new unit. Keeping with our theme of trying to keep things spooky going into spooky month, we're doing another horror unit this year. Uh, another kind of, again, I have discovered recently that I do like horror, but I haven't really read that much of it. Um, so Mm -hmm. we're going to continue pushing that envelope with, uh, kind of a classic to start off for our for this unit which will be the psychological horror unit we're going to be reading Stephen King's Misery yes I've not read it before Neither I have I've I. only read one Stephen King and it was um, <laughs> Salem's Lot and it was it was in when I was in high school I have never read to my knowledge unless I'm forgetting one any Stephen King books mm-hmm. um, I have seen several Stephen King adaptations be that Haven yes. which is a really not that great TV show that I am obsessed with um, be that the uh, local production of Misery which I have seen at our local theater company um, so I know the basic mm-hmm. plot and then obviously like you know there's all the various movie adaptations that you know have I've seen several of over the years, but I haven't yes. ever read a Stephen King book. Well, this will be a fun experience for the both of us. Then, yes. I don't like scary things. <laughs> I feel like psychological horror, though, is less. Um, I don't know. We'll see how we react to it, I guess. I shouldn't, yeah. I shouldn't make too many predictions. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. Yes. In the meantime. If you have a book that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, either because you think we would love it or hate it, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, we're going to commit psychological horror upon you maybe yeah that's how that works (laughs) sounds like we'll also be doing that if you do follow and subscribe to us so (laughs) this is really a (laughs) lose-lose please like us um if you use apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review but if you don't that's all right because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like in the words of do you have one i do yeah okay go ahead ahead. um in the words of robert t backer her sister had stopped trying to kill her consort. That's the firm foundation for a permanent, stable family life. That was the exact one I had highlighted. Amazing. <laughs> uh, oh, love it. <laughs> okay. We're both recording. Proud of us. <laughs> Do you want to? I don't care. Which one should start? Welcome back, literary slummers. I thought 
thought you were going to do it so smooth. <laughs> to another episode of Shelf Aware. See, I can just cut the, the break in between and it's fine. How convenient. <laughs> that was... <laughs>